Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Success Insight podcast. Our guest today is Ben Baker. Ben is the president of Your Brand Marketing, an internal communications consultancy that focuses on developing leaders, engaging, retaining, and growing employees, and developing champions for your brand. Ben is the author of Powerful Personal Brands, a hands-on guide to understanding yours. He is also the host of Your Living Brand podcast, which is available on iHeartRadio. And Ben has been on this podcast before because if I had a go-to guy when it comes to marketing and brand, Ben is the guy. So Ben, welcome back to the Success Insight podcast. Thanks for having me back. It's great being back on the call with you. Fantastic. You know, you and I talk a couple times throughout the year, but we also see each other fairly frequently on social media, mostly on LinkedIn. And I had noticed that you had had a posting recently on leading in a crisis and, you know, really kind of helping organizations kind of navigate our current healthcare crisis and the effect it's having on companies, the owners, the leaders, the employees, and You know, as I think back when you and I last had a podcast together, it was back in January. So the COVID-19 probably had not even been on our radar. Maybe we heard about it, but here we are in the middle of May already. Let's hear a little bit about you and what's your reality right now helping organizations. Yeah, I just want to first start off by saying thanks for having me back on the show. You know, the world's changed. It's changed in ways that we haven't even figured out yet. And, you know, this is going to be something that our children are going to be telling their grandchildren about. I created the, what we've called it is called Tips for Leaders. And what it is, is a series of videos that we created through this crisis. It was how to help people lead through the crisis and beyond. And it's available on my website, yourbrandmarketing.com. But everybody is in a position where they are doing something completely brand new. You know, you have leaders that have never led a remote team. You have people that have never worked from home before. You know, we went home in a crisis. People basically picked up everything they had, left the office, and, you know, hopefully they had everything they needed to be successful moving forward. But there was no strategy involved. It was, oh, my God, we need to get our people home. We need to get our people safe. Everybody go home and we'll figure this out. And there's been a lot of trial and error and and companies have done a lot of things really, really well. And there's been companies that have done things poorly, but through it all, we've learned. And I think that that's going to be the success of companies moving forward of realizing we're all in this together. Employees, vendors, customers, management, whoever, we all need to sit there and say, look, we're all in a position that we've never been in before. We're doing things on the fly, and we're experimenting as we go, and we're going to do some things right, we're going to do some things wrong. And if we sit there with the intention of, is this something that we think is going to be good for everybody? Okay, let's try it. All right, it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Let's figure it out. Let's augment it. Let's change it a little bit. Let's ask people why it didn't work for them. Figure these things out, change it a little bit, and reapply. And I think that that's going to be the next six months, a year, two years, four years down the road, 
as we get into a new world where we're going to experiment a lot more, you know, leaders are going to have to be far more creative. They're going to have to be far more adaptable. They're going to have to communicate more effectively. And it's skill sets that a lot of leaders don't have because we've been training managers. We've been training people how to manage process and not how to lead people. And right now, we need better people who can lead people, that people can coach, people who can inspire, people who communicate, people that can figure things out on the fly and be able to sit there and say, okay, this is how we're going to adapt. And that's the work that we're doing right now. We're working with people to help them adapt to the new normal and be able to be successful both as employees and leaders at any level to be able to move forward successfully. Really great points. And I was reminded of a kind of a metaphor. We kind of hear these in these, I don't know if they're in team leadership workshops, but that the metaphor is you have a glass jar and you have a bunch of rocks or boulders. Where do you put, you know, you put in the big boulders because those are the most important things you as an individual, a leader with your team and your company need to take care of. So that's the big things that have to happen. And you got the smaller, medium-sized boulders. You put those in, how many can get in. That's what's important. And then you have the smaller rocks, which they're there, they're on your radar, but they're not really important. Then you fill it, the rest of this jar up with a lot of sand. And I was thinking about, after reading people's comments, Ben, that what this new normal is. And I had this aha moment that, Over the years, I don't know if it's the last 5, 10, 20 years, we've gotten so used to accommodating somebody else telling us what we had to do. We had to work on this project. We had to do this work this way, get it done, or else if you don't like it, you can leave and go find another job. You had to get on an airplane. And this crisis, I believe, has resulted in this realization that things are really not that important. I can do my work in the comfort of my home, wearing my sweats, my hoodie. Yes, I need a little bit of technology to do it, but having people be forced to work long hours to accomplish these goals with really no understanding of what impact they play in the overall big picture. That's the way things used to be. Now we need to tell people and communicate with them. Here's what I would like you to do. Here's why. And that's and you mentioned the word communication is such an important aspect of how we adapt as individuals. These managers who now need to learn how to lead need to learn how to communicate frequently and differently than they may have done in the past. I'm curious after I get off my soapbox right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's a comfortable soapbox. I've been on that one myself. Um, I'm curious about these tips. I mean, can you share what some of the tips are for leaders? Yeah. And The tips really come down to the whole Simon Sinek start with why. And, you know, I I can't, I wish I could take, you know, full credit for start with why. I'm not even sure Simon Sinek can. He's the one who's made it popular in, in the near future. But it comes down to the fact that we need to sit there and understand why we do what we do within corporations and be able to have that sense of purpose. I'm a big believer of people plus purpose equals profit. You know, we need to sit there and say, what is the purpose of our organization? What do we value? And not those platitudes on a wall, not that wonderful mission, vision, value statement that's up on a wall somewhere. And it's, you know, 
written in gold and everybody's supposed to remember it and nobody does and nobody lives it. That's not the reality. The reality is what's your brand story? You know, where did you come from? Where are you today? What were the challenges and successes that you got you there? Who do you serve? Why do you serve them? What value do you bring to the table? What differentiates you? And more importantly, where are you going and how do the individual people who work for you fit into that success? And why does what they do matter both to them and give them self-satisfaction also the company? And And you bring up something interesting about the whole work from home thing. And we need to get out if people are going to work from home. And I'm going to be the first person to say not everybody is set up to work from home. Mentally, physically, whatever. People got to get out of the sprint mentality of working from home and get into a marathoner or ultra marathoners view of working from home. What I mean by that is Every single person can run 100 yards. They may not be able to do it fast. It may not be pretty. We may be, you know, sucking wind at the end of 100 yards, but we can do it. Running a marathon or running an ultra marathon is something completely different. It takes timing. It takes pace. It takes patience. It takes psychological, you know, viewpoint behind this to be able to think about, okay, what does the next six months to a year to five years look like in terms of small, medium, and large size goals? What's important to me? How do I communicate effectively with people? How do I make sure that I am successful and successful within my team? How do I make sure that my team understands what they need to be successful themselves? And how do we communicate as a team and make sure that no person is left behind? Because it can be isolating. It can be depressing. It can be, you know, disenfranchising, disengaging, working from home when you're used to being with a group of people that you feed off of, that that's where you get your energy from. That's where you get your ideas from. That's where you collaborate. And then all of a sudden you're isolated from all those people. That may not be the right place for you to be. And it's just because you can work from home doesn't mean you should. And we need to take a look at this and say, are these people set up, first of all, to work from home successfully? And do they have the psychological makeup to be able to work from home mentality, you know, long-term. It's not a, a situation of can they or it's should they. And it comes down to individual conversations. And here's, I, I think, part of the dilemma is if we were in the office, and I think you talked about psychology and personality, if you are the highly extroverted type, so it, it doesn't matter what tool you use to measure your degree of extroversion, introversion. But if you were an extrovert, you'd love, for the most part, being in the office. You could interact with people, have conversations. Your ability to to do your work to and to adapt to the challenges was predicated on the energy of others versus the introvert who, you know, needs the time to think, to kind of step back to evaluate options. That individual is always looking for ways to, you know, how can I get away from people and just kind of think about doing the work? So now we're at home and I'll tell you, as an introvert, and I am an introvert, I miss human interaction, but for the most part, I have no problems with this, okay? I've got the discipline, I know the, I know what I need to accomplish. Whereas someone who is the extrovert now is like incredibly frustrated. It takes an organization that trial and error to practice. How do we make sure our people have all the things they need to do to continue to be successful 
virtually, but there's going to be those individuals that are not going to be able to complete this marathon. Now, what do we do? Well, I think that's where good leadership comes in. And it comes into the, the little conversations of how are you doing? What are you working on? Do you need some help with that? You know, there's those, those little conversations that need to happen more often. And we're in that stage where people have not come back to work yet. And, and I'm going to say it's not coming back to work. We got to get rid of the coming back to work. And we have to change that to coming back to the office because we're still working. And we need to think about we're working because that's another thing is people sit there and go, oh, you're home. Oh, okay. You can do a load of laundry or you can wash the dishes or you can go for a walk whenever you want. Or mom can call you whenever she wants to because you're home. No, you're not at home. You're working. You may be physically away from the office, but you need to allocate that time in that space and that mental space to be able to sit there and say, no, I'm actually working right now. No, I can't go pick up groceries for you, mom. I can do it this evening, but I'm working right now. No, I can't do it low laundry or whatever. So every individual who is doing their work from home should have a set of goals, a a set of daily goals that they need to accomplish. And whether they're self-directed and can arrive at those goals by themselves, or they need a supervisor, a manager, a team leader to either help that individual or the team agree on these are the goals. This is how we're going to measure your performance and our output and taking care of the things we need to take care of. So that supervisor, leader, manager needs to have those kinds of more frequent communications of let's review the goals. What do we want to accomplish on any given day? Well, there's two things with that. One, yes. One suggestion that somebody gave me, and I thought it was absolutely brilliant, is every day at three o'clock, their entire company gets online, either at Slack or Teams or whatever they use, and they set what their goal is for the following day. So you're not setting your goal for the day at eight o'clock that morning. You're setting your goal based on, okay, you're three quarters of the way through your day. What's your goal going to be for the following day? And at the same time, you have to report, did I or did I not meet my goal for the previous day? And if not, why not? And what help do you need from other people to achieve it? And what it does is it allows for that, not only for that accountability and that goal setting, but it also allows teammates to say, hey, listen, I can step up and I can help with that. I've got some extra time or yeah, I've got that information. Let me get that to you or whatever. And it allows for teams to bond. The other part of that is leaders, managers, people of in an authority position have got to stop micromanaging people. End of story, stop. I don't care who you are. You know, you're hearing things on Skype that, you know, the the green, the yellow, and the red, you know, uh, light on on the scope, uh, on on your Skype. Well, the red is you're out of the office. The green is you're available. It's that yellow says, well, you know, you're somewhere in between. And if, if you, you know, if all of a sudden you don't move your mouse for a certain amount of time, your manager says, well, they're not working. And you're sitting there going, you have to, if you're going to have people working from home, you have to trust them. You have to say, these are the goals. These are the things that we need to get done and realize that people may not work eight consecutive hours. Some people may start early in the morning, do three or four hours worth of work, go ahead, do something else, and then come back to their work later on in the evening. And the trick should be, did they get their work done? If they didn't get their work done, if they're not you know, stepping up to the plate, if they're not meeting goals, that's a different conversation altogether. And that's reassessing goals. It's you know, looking at you know, why and all the things that go along with it. But we have to stop micromanaging people. We have to sit there and say, different people are going to have different opportunities during the day 
where it's better for them to perform tasks. And certain tasks have to be done at certain times because, you know, there could be regulations or, or things that need to be done by a certain time of the day. And, you know, that's part of the conversation. But the rest of the day, there's 168 hours in a week. You know, you're only supposed to be working 40. You're going to sleep for another 40. That gives you 88 hours of flex time that you need to be thinking about. How do you work with an organization and those individuals in it who struggle with pulling back from that micromanaging? Because it is easy to micromanage if that's what you were taught to do. That's what your manager did to you. And you just kind of, you know, it became acceptable behavior. How do you help them? The conversation starts of a better use of your time. What is your role? And your role of a leader is to wake up every single morning and say, how do I make my team's lives better? How do I help them succeed? And when we can get people into this mindset that my job is to help my team succeed, to help my team be better, to help my team reach their goals, micromanaging stops. You know, it's in the sentence right there. You know, and if you can get people to understand that's not their job, their job is not to micromanage people, it's to help other people excel. You know, things get better really quickly. What are some other unique adaptions to this, for the sake of better words, this new reality that you are seeing or hearing about and you're thinking, that's not a bad idea. I'd like to see how that plays out. Are there some adaptions that you're seeing? Well, I think you're seeing collaboration at a different level. I mean, technology is going to have a huge play in this. Yeah, they did. Technology, I mean, look at where Zoom was 16 weeks ago versus where Zoom is today. They realized the holes in the technology. They realized the challenges people were having, They and they fixed them. They truly and absolutely did. I mean, can it be better? It can always be better. And any piece of software, I don't care what it is, there's no piece of bulletproof software out there that is not going to go through adaptation and change. But if you look at where Zoom is today versus where it was, you know, 16 weeks ago, it's night and day. The interesting thing is Skype never you know, pulled up to the table. Skype has <laughs> been, been dropping away from the table for years. But that's the thing is it's like, People need to sit there and look at that within their company and sit there and say, okay, think with that mentality. What are the little things that we can do within our company that are going to make us more valuable to our customers? And a lot of it comes down to understanding what are the true skill sets of the people that work for you? Because a lot of times companies have never sat there and done a skill set inventory of what their employees can truly do. And right now you have companies sitting there saying, okay, uh, my entire you know, customer base is not buying anything right now. They are you know, devastated. Anybody who supports you know, the event industry is dying right now because the event industry is dead. You know, I had six months worth of speaking engagements blown out from underneath me in under a week. You know, every single speaking gig I had, I'm supposed to go to Trinidad and Tobago in September. I just had a conversation with somebody uh, yesterday. It's canceled. It's done. Hopefully, we'll be doing it in 2021. But what it's allowed people to do is sit there and say, okay, if I can't serve this client or I can't serve a client this way, what else can we do? How can we utilize our product line? How can we utilize 
our service? How can we utilize our technology in a different way? Case in point, breweries. Breweries sat there and realized, all right, I can't sell to the bars anymore. I've got all this extra production. I've got all this extra inventory, all that kind of stuff. Wait a second. We, first of all, there's two things we can do. We can start uh, doing home delivery of, of craft beer, and that's happening. And you also have companies that are sitting there going, wait a second, we produce alcohol. Alcohol is the number one ingredient in hand sanitizer. And you'd be amazed how many of these small craft breweries have turned around and all of a sudden become hand sanitizer companies. So it's a matter of looking at the innovation that's come out of this. And you are going to see enormous innovation that's going to happen over the next three, four years. Look at, I mean, 2008 brought us Uber, it brought us Airbnb, it brought us a whole bunch of different things because of the crash of 2008. So the innovation and the, you know, the new companies that are going to come out of 2020, I'm excited to see what's going to come out of it. You know, an idea that was uh, introduced to me the other day by Susan Ibitz. She, uh, she was the guest on the podcast. She is a, as she calls herself a, a behavioral hacker. So she looks at individuals. In fact, you should probably have her on your podcast. She looks at body language. She looks at the face. You know the eyebrows, the the earlobes, every the eyes, everything, and and you can tell a lot about it. And it's very useful in law enforcement and in profiling. But she was sharing this idea the other day about you know the individual that perhaps needs a little bit more interaction. So you know, like right now, you and I are chatting with each other. There's no reason why this camera cannot continue to be on. And we're doing our work. And so that adaption, I'm thinking, is uh, I'm just imagining this. Again, it's just blue sky in it right now. A, you know, the video of your coworkers, it's all up on a board and everybody can see each other for the most part, maybe just ahead, but we're doing our work. And now if we need some help, I can, you know, ping your, you know, your, your window and go on a private call with you. And I thought, that's a great idea. That way, I'm serving the person who needs that human interaction, but I'm also can focus on my work. And so I think platforms like Zoom, like some of the other webinar meeting platforms, I think I definitely see that evolution taking place, but it's like, oh, what a wonderful idea. So we are going to see more, more adaption uh, coming up as a result of you know, this crisis that are that we're in. What has changed for you personally? I mean, you just mentioned the speaking engagements got canceled and I'm sorry about Trinidad and Tobago. I, I was hoping to be able Me to too. I wanted to carry your bags, Ben, but maybe your your wife does that for you instead. Oh yeah, you know? you, you're gonna have to line up way behind her. <laughs> and I think she's got four friends that are lined up to carry her bags. Excellent, excellent. What has changed for you as an entrepreneur, as a expert in helping organizations understand their brand, their communication, their employee development? What's changed personally for you during this? crisis? Well, the big thing is, is that I'm traveling a lot less. In fact, I'm down to zero. What we've had to do is figure out, okay, the training and the consulting and the keynotes and everything that we provided for our customers live 
how do we adapt them to a digital environment? And I've gotten very good at being able to provide workshops and keynotes, you know, virtually in a way that's far more engaging. You find that your presentations are shorter, where I might've been on stage for 45 minutes to an hour, and it might've been 50 minutes of me talking and then 10 minutes of actual Q&A from an audience, where now... I might speak for 20 or 25 minutes and spend 35 or 40 minutes allowing people to have Q&A. And I think that there's a lot of value in that because what you're doing is you're allowing people to ask the questions that they have and you're allowing for engagement will bring a lot of polls into the presentation where you could say, you know, when you think about this, is it is this a yes, a no, or a maybe? And allow people to, to speak to each other in the chat. You know, and and have that engagement, and it, it's it's figuring out ways to engage with people when you can't be in front of them and you can't see the whites of their eyes. So we really had to adapt that way. And the interesting thing is, there's a lot of software packages out there that I had absolutely no idea existed. And the one thing I, I make sure of, and I and I suggest this to anybody who does workshops, anybody that presents, anybody who does webinars. If you're presenting on a technology that you've never used before, make sure that whoever the host is gets you on that technology four, five, six days or seven days ahead of time. So you can either do a dry run of your presentation or you can understand what the technology does and what it doesn't do. So you can change your presentation so it works with their technology. And so you're thinking about those things a lot more. I mean, we have a series of workshops that we're coming up with. And, you know, it's a four-part workshop that we do on how to lead, you know, a remote and hybrid team. And then a two-part workshop that we do on how to work from home successfully long-term. And it's been fun seeing those evolve. It's been fun seeing those those different uh, workshops evolve because they're far better today than they were 8, 12 weeks ago. And it's a matter of sitting there going, okay, now that we've got more understanding of what the Zoom technology can do, how we can use breakout rooms, how we can use polls, how we can, you know, involve people, it becomes far better. You know, so it's it's a matter of understanding how to use technology not as a crutch, but as a tool. And and how do you how to bring everybody in and engage them on a far more meaningful basis. You know, and I'm glad you, you brought up the workshops because I did want to talk about it. So you've got the four part for working remotely and then the two part for helping an organization with their teams for long term. Flip it. Yeah, flip it. Le- leadership is a four part and the and the employees are a two part. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. You know, one of the lessons that, that I've learned, or I kind of knew it, but I think people are learning it. When you do these Zoom workshops, it's good to have a second host, a co-host. Absolutely. Who's, who's doing the behind the scenes, make, you know, answering questions, taking care of the chat, you know, bringing people into the room so you can focus on presenting the material. And I, and I love the aspect about bringing groups of people onto the platform. And I do a, a weekly questions and answer for an hour and a half for clients at a nonprofit. It's all things LinkedIn. Whatever question you have, I will answer it. And it and it gives people who all of a sudden can't come in to the center and take workshops and get one-on-one coaching. They can at least come on once a week and they've got a venue to ask questions. And, you know, both the companies and you and I as entrepreneurs are looking 
and experiencing new ways to deliver the services that we provide. And I think it's wonderful, actually. And, and the fun thing about it is there's a lot of organizations that are bringing me in across North America to do these workshops for their clients. Because you either have service-based organizations that have, you know, 10,000 clients or something like that, and their clients are trying to get their, you know, you'll get their clients back to work. Or, you know, you, you sit there and say, all right, how do, how do we engage people? How do, how do we make our clients' lives better? So when, when they do come back into our space, we are the valuable source and we are the people that have added value to them. And you've built that long-term standing relationship. So there's a lot of things, even if you as an organization don't have a lot of employees, but you service a lot of companies, there's there's a lot of value to be able to provide those things to your customers to allow your customers to succeed long-term. Because if they're succeeding, they're going to be buying your products. Most definitely. Most definitely. And, you know, it's been fun to see how organizations are helping their clients. So it's not how we can grow our business. How can we help our clients? And because in return, there's reciprocity because you're that you're the, the, this first company is going to be remembered as the person that helped their clients, you know, move beyond whatever issues they were facing. And absolutely. And we're doing that for a company in Australia right now. And that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a trip to Australia eventually, or exactly, exactly. That's you know, and, and you have to line up behind my wife again for to Gary. Lager. Oh my God, God, thanks a lot. <laughs> well, listen, Ben, if our uh, listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where are the best places for them to go? You know what? There's one place. It's yourbrandmarketing.com. Everything is there. Is work with Ben section. There is you know ideation session that you know that has both my my podcasts, uh, different podcasts that I've been on, uh, my leadership series is everything. Everything is sitting right there. And if you really want to get in touch with me, call me 604-512-7174. I always answer the phone. And if I don't, leave me a message and I'll call you back. Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely uh, provide the links back to the website, your brand marketing and the workshops. There is a link somewhere to get to the workshop. We'll provide that as well. Yeah, it's the yourbrandmarketing.com backslash workshops. And that'll that'll give you all the information. They can click click on the various workshops and, and see a one pager of of what it the type of things it includes. Fantastic. Well, Ben, as usual. It is an absolute pleasure to have you join me on the Success Insight Podcast. We always have a great conversation, lots of great information going back and forth. So again, I'm sorry about Trinidad and Tobago, but thank you for spending time with me. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. All right, folks, we have just been chatting with Ben Baker. He's the president of Your Brand Marketing and Internal Communications Consultancy. And Ben and his team focuses on developing leaders, engaging, retaining, and growing employees, and developing champions for your brand. And given the healthcare crisis that we are in on a global scale, he is helping organizations learn how to begin to work remotely, to come up with high, perhaps hybrid approaches, and really uh, help those um, uh, the employees themselves get into that marathon, so to speak, where they are learning to not only adapt, but also to become successful by working remotely in the long term and, and actually helping and as well as to the company to helping them get comfortable having their employees work remotely. So it's a new way of communication, new way to adapt, 
Uh, there's a lot of new technology that it's available that will continue to be available. And there's also lots of new ideas that can be tested out because everybody's solution for getting the job done is going to be slightly different. So it's not going to be a one size fits all. And, you know, Ben and his team are there to help organizations do just that. So go out to his website, yourbrandmarketing.com. And also don't forget to uh, visit Amazon. You can get a copy of Ben's book, Powerful Personal Brands, a hands-on guide to understanding yours. And I'm sure the book is also available on his website as well. So folks, thank you for spending time with Ben and I today. I hope you found today's episode valuable and insightful. And I know lots of good information and that you can, and directions for uh, that you might want to take. So we're contained in this episode. So we hope you enjoyed it. Do let us know. Visit our website, successinsightpodcast.com. Please comment on the episode when it gets published. You can find us on LinkedIn and Facebook, successinsightpodcast.com, our YouTube channel, as well as the major podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be safe, practice social distancing, take care of yourself, take care of your family, your other loved ones, but go out there, have a phenomenal day, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com. 